Hello, my fellow weirdos, and welcome to another episode of Weird Animal Facts. Explicit. The show dedicated to the weird, odd, unusual, gross, and oftentimes disturbing facts about animals. I am your zoological host, Deidre, a zookeeper, educator, and performer, here to entertain you like a clown (laughs) and educate you like a ninja. The animals we'll be discussing today are sure to make you roll on the ground naked and give you hope for an underrated basketball team, the African Bush Viper and Brown Pelican. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at WAFpodcast. Like, listen, review, and share with all your friends. And most importantly, enjoy yourself. But I don't mean like masturbate. Like, that's not what I mean by enjoy yourself. Wanting to enjoy yourself and learn. (laughs) So pull your hand out from your pants and let's get started. Mom, get out! Close the door! The African Bush Viper. The sharpest snake there ever was, figuratively and literally. In another world, such as a bad jungle-themed 70s porno, a cocky man may even name his penis after the bush viper. This is not that program. And however kinky snake sex may be, that'll be another episode. Today, we'll be focusing on the less erotic facts of the bush viper. Aw, man! If you're unfamiliar with the African bush viper and are too lazy to Google it, Allow me to verbally illustrate this beautiful snake in the style of HDTV. Howdy y'all, we're Mother Nature and God, and we've been renovating animals for over one billion years. When trying to meet our clients' needs, we look at the ecosystem as a whole, as well as our clients' need to survive. Welcome to Animal Animal Renovations. Renovations. Today, we'll be helping out the Bush Papa family. Well, we saw a need to provide protection and an edgy design. The exterior of the generic animal design didn't meet the bush viper's needs, meaning it's time to renovate. Luckily, the foundation of the bush viper construction design hardly needs any work aside from its own venom ducts, which should be easy considering venom is a fairly common construction component in many snake designs. Meaning, we can just copy the same path installation of that of any other venomous snake species. Once the venom is installed, most of my job is done, leaving the hard work up to Mother Nature. The exterior still needs a full makeover in order for me to make the statement our client is asking for. The goal is that when somebody comes upon the bush viper, that they still see that same traditional snake foundation. But what we're planning on doing is taking the bush viper from a traditional snake to a more modern, psychedelic design. And one thing that this client is very interested in is texture. So when it came to the scales, I knew exactly what pattern to reach for. Keel scales are a unique reptilian design that keep down the shimmer effect that you find on the smooth scales of other snakes. Due to the raised ridge in the center of the keel scales, this bush viper family will be living in style, but knowing the ambition and passion of Mother Nature, she's not going to call quits there. I just love the look of these keeled scales, but it wouldn't be a true Mother Nature renovation without me adding in a few surprises. You'll see as we get closer and closer to the head of the snake, we made those keeled scales longer to give it that bristly appearance. I also had God give the bush viper a triangular shaped head, which is one of the more risky shape designs when it comes to snakes. But once we add in a splash of color, it will all flow together real nice. 
Mother Nature wasn't the only one to add in a few surprises to the bushfire's final design. With the various individuals, I was able to add that vibrant solid color to many of them. Green, yellow, orange, brown, gray, and there's even a blue. With Mother Nature's color in place is when you can really see my surprises. Vertical pupils and a prehensile tail. Thank God! What would this world be without the prehensile tail? From the Brazilian porcupine, pangolin, howler monkey, alligator lizard, to the seahorse. What an athletic appendage God has bestowed upon the world. Imagine if the human penis was so agile. As for the vertical pupils, bush vipers aren't the only animals to have those, and there's a benefit to the shape of an animal's pupils. Vertical pupils can oftentimes be found in small predators, and it helps to enhance their ability to judge distances accurately. Freeze that. Full screen. Okay, freeze that. Vector in on that guy by the back wheel. Zoom in right here on this spot. Without moving their head. Why is that important? Well, let's think about Velma from Scooby-Doo, and how every time she loses her glasses, her head and eyes have to adjust to see. Hey! My glasses! I can't see without them! And for some related reason, she also collapses to the floor in a desperate search for sight. They should be around here somewhere! And while she's moving in an attempt to enhance her vision, is usually when that creature comically appears, since they can now see her since she's moving around. Velma and the gang are somewhat predators in their adventures as they look for that rich old white man posing as a supernatural creature. They're hunters. Bush vipers are also hunters. And at times, the gang hunts like an ambush predator. Which the bush viper is. Ambush predator. Usually nearer to the end of the episode, Freddy comes up with an idea. And they all hide and jump out at the last second. Or a trap is hidden and captures the evil white man. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those meddling kids. Basically, to be as a successful hunter as a bush viper, be an ambush predator. Let's jump back to the animal renovation to where God added in the venom. Yes, bush vipers are venomous. And because they are very elusive species that live in low human populated areas, there hasn't really been a great need to create anti-venom. Uh, by the way, Technically speaking, there is a difference between venom and poison. And it's all about how it gets into the body. Imagine the African bush viper as a needle, while a poison dart frog is a cookie. A needle's job is to inject whatever type of dangerous drug Dare warned you about back in middle school into the body. Or, um, I guess you could inject medicine into your body, like a flu shot or flu vaccine. Doesn't have to be drugs. Anyways, while a cookie's job is for you to eat it. And as much as Cookie Monster would love it, cookie. you can't inject cookies directly into the bloodstream. Aww. But heroin you can. Oh, what a weird Sesame Street episode that would be. Play on Sesame Street, Elmo learns about hard drugs. A cookie you have to bite. As for a needle, I mean, you can bite it, but chances are that won't work. Either that or you'll stab yourself on the broken shards of glass and ultimately end up injecting the heroin into your body anyways. Or vaccine, I don't know, whatever's inside the needle. Alright, let's bring it back in. Venom bites you. Poison, you bite. Another way to say that is, venom is injected, while poison is ingested. 
such as licking that poison dart frog we mentioned earlier. So technically speaking, you could lick the bush viper up and down all you wanted, and you'd still be poison free. But chances of pissing off the snake are pretty high at that point, and although you wouldn't have poisoned yourself, the bush viper might just retaliate with a fatal injection. Similarly to the message in the fire salamander episode, don't go around licking animals, whether they're venomous or not. As dangerous as the bush viper is, they really are beautiful animals, mainly due to their vibrant color that are only enriched due to those keeled scales. As mentioned in previous episodes, scales are made of a protein, keratin. And keratin is everywhere! It's in you, it's in me, it's in your dog, it's in that dirty squirrel outside, the government program bird spying on you, and maybe Donald Trump's hair. It's also in snakes! But what is unique about the keeled scales is that they are textures. Here in the United States, rattlesnakes also have keeled scales, which is why they don't give off that iridescent look you might find in the scales of a rat snake. Rat snakes have smooth scales that help the light to reflect directly off of it, giving it that bling bling look. The keeled scales have a raised ridge, which give those snakes a more dusky or faded look in comparison to the bling of the smooth scaled snakes. Smooth scales, snakes, smooth, smooth scaled snakes. That's a tongue twister I did not think I was going to have issues with. Smooth scaled snakes. Congratulations. Humans, although we don't have scales, can appear to be blingy, especially after a vigorous round of sex. Or just exercising? Oh, I have been single for way too long. We sweat from the glands in our skin. And get this. Snakes don't have skin glands, but they do have scent glands in their asshole. Cloaca. Cloaca is the technical term for a snake's asshole. Wasn't that a great transition? The cloaca of a snake is where everything comes out, from the poop to the urates, and the urates are kind of like the pee, only different, to eggs if it's a female, to the hemipenis if it's a male. Also, scents will come out of the cloaca. Pheromones can be secreted to let potential mates know that it's go time. And they can also release what's called musk when they are super, super scared. And musk is super, super stinky. Trust me on this. I've been musted, musted, must, mustard, mustard, musked, musked, musted on, must. Anyways, the musk of the snake smells like wet, rotten egg and sometimes dead, decaying fish, depending on the species as the musk is a byproduct of the snake's digestive system. Yeah. And it's gross. Just take my word on this, alright? It's disgusting, and as a zookeeper, I smell a lot of weird things. Snake musk is gross. Since we're talking about snakes in general, let's talk about what snakes have in common with Papa Smurf. As you may know, reptiles are like the U.S. national debt. It's always growing. What's growing are their bones, not their exterior, similar to how the greenhouse effect works. Therefore, reptiles must shed. Take it off. Snakes are unique in that their end result of their shed is more similar to how a tarantula molts and is one big solid piece, or like when you take off a sock and it's still in one piece, versus uh, that of the peeling sunburn of a once blindingly white upper thigh of your ex. And that's actually more how a lizard will shed. More like in flakes than in one solid piece. 
A snake begins its shedding process once it looks as though it's being possessed by a witch, as the eyes appear opaque or blue. At which time, a snake will find a nice, moist environment to quarantine itself in. Moist. But unlike me during quarantine, when I bought a bottle of vodka and a case of beer nearly every week and filled up on Mexican food and homemade cookies, the snake doesn't eat at all. What? Or drink, for that matter. Oh, the horror! And as great as that is for their survival, it does make me reconsider wanting to be reincarnated as a snake, as food and alcohol is too good to give up. Preach it, sister. But if I was to be reincarnated as a snake, I think the African bush viper would be my pick. You hardly see dickhead people, and I'd be the prettiest of all the snakes. That is, if you get to choose what you get to be reincarnated as, which I don't think that's how it works. Anyways, back to snakes. <laughs> Shedding is cued by hormones from the thyroid gland. And just like humans, the thyroids help with metabolism, growth, and development. The blue cloudiness of the snake eyes turn blue because there's actually a scale over top the eyes. Which is to make up for the fact that snakes can't blink. Because they don't have any eyelids. Which is probably why we think they're so creepy, because they never blink. They're just staring at you like a painting. And fluid will build up between the old layer and new layer of skin. And because there's that scale over top the eye, it gives us that blue-gray color. A few days later, the opaque color of the eye is gone. After about a week or so, depending on the size and age of the snake, the scales of the snake begins to appear dull, and soon after that, they shed! And uh, for you to understand the strength and patience it takes for a snake to remove that shed, I want you to isolate yourself from everyone so that, you know, you don't embarrass yourself or possible spectators. Then I want you to lie on the ground and try to remove all your clothes without your arms, hands, legs, teeth, or chin. And if you're wondering why I'm being so specific, it's because, yes, I did test this theory out on myself. And to truly capture the essence of a snake's struggle while it sheds, as the Mandalorian would say, this is the way. Oh, also, please do this, because it will bring me so much joy knowing that there are people out there rolling on the ground pretending to shed like a snake. Also, photos are not needed, as I do not want to see your naked body. Snakes! Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for that part of the show where I make a complete fool of myself! Scientific names are hard. So, we are going to do the uh, scientific name of the African Bush Viper. If you've never heard this segment before, get ready for a treat. Because I suck at reading things that are too difficult for my little brain to comprehend. And it could be because I recently got reading glasses, so maybe I just never enjoyed reading because I couldn't see what I was doing. Now I can see, so now I can read, so who knows, maybe as we go along throughout the season, I will become a better reader when it comes to scientific names. Well, I do read them, I just don't read them out loud, like pronunciating them. So let's see how this goes. So we are doing the African Bush Viper. My roommate Emily secretively writes their scientific name on a sheet of paper, and I attempt to read it. So like when you're reading, you just kind of skim over top of it. I don't actually like read it. It's kind of like when you get like a birthday card from your grandparents. You don't really like read what they said. You're like, how much is that check? That's kind of what it is. Anyways, here it is. The African Bush Viper, I think it's also called the Green Bush Viper is another name for it. So let's open up this piece of paper and read it. Arthurus 
Squarmigura. Arthurus. Squar. Squar. Squamir. Migra. Migra? Migra. Athera Squamagra. Ooh, that sounded right. Athera's Squamagra. Okay, now for those of you who are good at reading scientific names out loud and pronouncing, pronouncing them correctly, let me know if I'm doing it right. If not, or if you like me just messing up, then don't tell me what I'm doing right, and just say, keep up the good work, you're trying so hard and we appreciate your effort. You know, like what you tell kids. <laughs> It's the transition song From going to one topic to the next It's the transition song So that we have no awkward silence The brown pelican The dive-bombing purse of birds Imagine sitting on the California coast When a scoop of pelicans fly overhead Or is it squatum? Of pelicans. Or perhaps it's a brief of pelicans. Maybe that's why the movie was called The Pelican Brief. Does that mean that the NBA team is called a brief, scoop, squatum, or perhaps a pouch? All of these terms, I should note, are names for a group of pelican. So you can take your pick. Also, why don't they just call it a flock like they do nearly all the other birds? The brown pelican, if you've never seen one before, looks like the white pelican. Duh. If you've never seen a pelican before, then maybe you should reconsider your life choices, as pelicans are one of the weirdest birds that most people have heard of. Except for you, apparently. <laughs> Sick burn, bro. As the smallest species of pelican, the brown pelican still has an impressive wingspan of nearly six feet, and stands close to about four feet tall, and can weigh up to ten pounds. Like I said, impressive. The white pelican, as you can imagine, is white. So that means the brown pelican is... This is the part of the show where you participate. Brown would be the correct response, or mostly brown, as there are some regional differences in appearance, and although it's called the brown pelican, its feathers can be a bit more gray, depending on age, the individual, and the region. And uh, that's just if we're talking about the feathers. So I guess the simple brown might not have been all that accurate for a correct response on your part. So, so maybe just shut up and listen. Yeah. Not only are the feathers of the adult a more of a gray-brown, they also have a yellow head and a white neck. Again, color varies depending on where the bird you're looking at lives. Then it will also vary again during breeding season. Because one thing that birds like to do is to flaunt the fact that they're horny. While in their breeding plumage, you will spot red on the neck and even on the end of the bill in some. The California brown bird has a more natural red color to it versus the eastern pelican. I just said California brown bird. It is the California brown pelican, which is a bird, but a brown bird is different than a brown pelican, so I am sorry for confusing you. Let's rewind and do that again. The California brown pelican has a more natural red color to it versus the eastern pelican, who may be considered to have more of a drab-colored throat pouch than that of the West Coast cousin. But I guess West Coasters do tend to be a bit more flamboyant than the Easterners. I mean, just compare, like, festivals, like Coachella, Burning Man versus Bonnaroo and Ultra. It must be the legal weed and the extreme push of prescription drugs that encourage them to go so hard. 
do they know that they can just sit there and listen to the music and like enjoy the art without like becoming a musical note? I don't know what they're doing when they're high. When I get high, I just get really, really hungry. Similar to a festival goer, a brown pelican needs its water. While that dirty stoner in a flower crown and sunglasses should be hydrating with two gallons of water, a brown pelican can hold two gallons of water in its throat pouch. Again, similar to the drunken high-flying festival goer, even with those two gallons, they really can't get very far, so they end up ditching it in order to make it to the far stage before all the good spots get taken. In the pelican's case, they will ditch the water and they'll eat the fish that's inside their mouth. Before the pelican has a need to spit out all its water, it first needs a reason to fill up its throat pouch. While flying 60 feet over the ocean waters, the brown pelican will use its remarkable eyesight and search for fish. And unlike many other shorebirds that will just skim above the water surface, the brown pelican will go full Olympic athlete and plunge dive directly into the water. Which may help explain why the pelican is normally seen with its neck folded in. Now compare that to the neck of a crane or a stork, whose neck are very long and obvious, and they're usually flying with them straight out. They're also not really divers the way a brown pelican is. They're also one of the only pelicans who dive. The white pelican? Not so athletic. But they will hunt in groups sometimes. Flocks? Briefs. Pouches. Groups. Flocks. They'll work together as a team! Going back to my point about these long necks, if they were to die with that long neck, all outstretched, they could easily break it. Although, they do have adaptations for diving into the water, as they have special air sacs that they will inflate just before impact. And that will work like a cushion to help keep their internal organs nice and safe. Then, while they're diving, they'll also do as Beyonce suggests, and lean to the left so not to smack their trachea or esophagus too hard. And since they live near ocean, salt can be an issue. Adapted to remove extra salt from their bloodstream, the nostrils are clogged, therefore disallowing water up their nose as they hit the water. However, because of this little uh, nostril fun fact, the pelican is a mouth breather. Back in the 60s and 70s, the brown pelican actually faced extinction due to a pesticide called DDT. This pesticide resulted in a lot of birds, such as our bald eagle, their population to decline as the pesticide caused thinning of their eggshell, which then resulted in the loss of a chick. Once people started to notice the dramatic decline in bird population, DDT was banned. Yay! And since then, populations have grown! Double yay! So much so that now the brown pelican is one of the most common birds you will see while going to a U.S. beach. And that just goes to show that politics and science can work together to help save species. And why programs like the Environmental Protection Agency, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and Endangered Species Act are so important in order to protect wildlife. Now as I descend down upon my soapbox, let me lighten the mood with some fun pelican facts! They don't store food in their bill. It's not a lunchbox. They catch fish, and water I suppose, and then they spit out the water and eat the fish. They eat more than just fish, like frogs, turtles, crustaceans, and birds. They have webbed feet, so they kinda suck at walking. The brown pelican is a state bird of Louisiana. And finally, the Pelicans ranked 13th in the Western Conference of the NBA with a 30-40 record. For comparison, the LA Lakers are number one in the West with a 52-19 record. And for all you non-sports people out there, 
Those numbers represent the games won and games lost. So the Pelicans didn't even make it to playoffs. And they've only qualified seven times. The Lakers have qualified 50 times. But for you Pelican fans out there, maybe the NBA team does have hope. Maybe they'll have the same type of comeback that the actual Brown Pelican had after the elimination of DDT. Scientific names are hard. Now we have our second scientific name of the night, day, evening, or whenever you are listening to this. Opening a piece of paper. Again, I've never read this before, so let's see what it is. This one, I don't even think I came across it. The Bush Viper one, the the art, art, the uh, Atheris. Wow, you can't, I can't even remember it. <laughs> I read it like 10 minutes ago. So the Atheris, uh, that popped up all the time because a lot of scientific names and they didn't want you to get confused with other snakes, so they just threw Atheris in there every time. Um, should have remembered that. This one, Brown Pelican. No, this is the Brown Pelican. They didn't want to put a scientific name in there. Okay, reading. Pelicanus Ocidentales. Pelicanus Ocidentales. Tails. Okadin tails. Okadin tails. Pelicanus tails. Wow, this is fuck. Uh, <laughs> Pelicanus. Pelicanus. That should be easy, like pelican. Pelican. That's probably Latin for pelican. And then Occident. Occident. Occidentals. Pelicanus Occidentals. I don't know why I went like German all of a sudden. Or Dutch. I don't really know what accent I was doing. We'll say it's Latin. It's not Latin, by the way. Anyways, Pelicantus probably means pelican in Latin, and Ocadentus probably means brown. But then again, uh, since I can't read this, I probably don't actually know what that means in Latin. Um, if you know what it means or want to look it up, let me know. Just leave a little comment wherever you want. And uh, yeah, because education is cool. We like to learn stuff here. Except for learning how to read Latin, apparently. Now, if you would like to learn about a certain type of animal, then just leave me a comment. Let me know. Check out our Instagram. Tell me it there. Or just leave a comment wherever you happen to listen. If they allow comments, because not all places allow comments. Tell me what you want to hear, and I'll do it. I kind of have a list prepared, but that's just a rough draft. We can just change those animals out for whatever you want to hear. Thanksgiving's coming around here in America, so we will have a Thanksgiving episode. That's in like two weeks. Three weeks? Yeah, not only are scientific names hard, so are calendar dates. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Again, rate, good rating, please, would be nice. Review, or just be honest. Tell me if this sucks and you want to make it better. Help me get better. I'll help you learn. You help me learn. Rate, review, listen, share, download, and most importantly, stay weird.